You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. So we're going to talk this morning about Isaac. And um, congratulations if you're listening, Maneni and Miriam, to um, you on the birth of Isaac. Because that's a really good day for an Isaac to be announced to have been born, isn't it? As we're changing on to the subject of Isaac. So we're going to read from... Genesis 26, uh, verses 1 to 11, and it's going to come up on the screen, yep. So, I don't know whether to read this one or this one, it's not quite that big. Is it big enough? Yeah, it's big enough for you anyway, not for me. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's okay. Now there was a famine in the land, besides the previous famine in Abraham's time, and Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines, in Gerar. The Lord appeared to Isaac and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land where I tell you to live. Stay in the land for a while, and I will be with you, and I will bless you. For to you and your descendants I will give you all these lands, and will confirm the oath. I swore to your father, Abraham. There's a bit more. Oh, that's even smaller. So I have to read this one. And actually, I should have brought my glasses. Um, So, woo! Oh, I can turn around. Yeah. That's a good idea, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. It's that middle-age eyesight. Uh, I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and will give them all these lands. And through your offspring... All nations on earth will be blessed. Because Abraham obeyed me and did everything I required of him, keeping my commands and my decrees and my instructions. So Isaac stayed in Gerar. When the men of that place asked him about his wife, he said, She is my sister. Because he was afraid to say, She is my wife. He thought, The men of this place might kill me on account of Rebekah because she is beautiful. And there's a bit more. When Isaac had been there a long time, Abimelech, king of the Philistines, looked down from a window and saw Isaac caressing his wife, Rebekah. So Abimelech summoned Isaac and said, She is really your wife. Why did you say she is my sister? Isaac answered him, Because I thought I might lose my life on account of her. Then Abimelech said, What is this you have done to us? One of the men might well have slept with your wife, and you would have brought guilt upon us. So Abimelech gave orders to all the people, anyone who harms this man or his wife will surely be put to death. So when Tyler gave me this passage, I was thinking, well, what what am I going to get out of that? I mean, I know there's a lot in every scripture. I know that. And the thing that came to my mind, really, was overcoming obstacles. And, you know, in my job, I'm I'm a therapist and work with children for the last... 15 or so years I've been working with children and what I absolutely love to do is get kids building obstacle courses because you can't believe how much it helps kids if they can build their own obstacle course then go on it wow what a lot of skills it helps them to build and develop and I had this one little guy a few months ago who um, loved to build really challenging obstacle courses for himself and get around them. And we've got this great big cushion, air cushion, in, I've got accessible to me. It's, it's sort of six foot long, 
and about four foot wide, and you blow it up with air, and it comes about this high when it's blown up with air. It's, it's really huge. And this guy, he liked to stand on it, sit on it, and, you know, the average child has got coordination issues that I work with, can barely get on it because it's so big. And it was a challenge for him at first. But not only did he put it like that, he leant it up against the wall and dived at it and got to the top of it. What an obstacle course he had made. He loved to do stuff like that. And, you know, sometimes in our lives, obstacles come our way that make it difficult for us. And sometimes those obstacles that come our way are actually good for us. Do you know that? Just like those kids I work with, the obstacles that they build, and I help them build sometimes, and parents help because they're in the room too, build these obstacle courses. This helps these children develop all manner of skills, like their hand-eye coordination, their balance, and it helps them build mental skills like determination and ability to keep planning things, brain planning. You know, planning is quite a skill. Uh, you have no idea how much is involved in planning these kind of obstacle courses. Quite a skill. So Isaac had a bit of an obstacle, and his one wasn't the weather like we've just had. But it was, well, kind of it was related to the weather, wasn't it? Famine in the land. And his reaction, what was his reaction to the weather, to the famine? So he, he thought, well, I really need to have food. I need provision. So he decided to, to move, to move on. He and Rebecca were living in the time of famine, and they needed to meet their basic needs. You know, sometimes we need to meet our basic needs. Our basic needs, God wants us to meet our basic needs to be met. God has it in mind to meet every one of our basic needs. It says in the Bible that even the birds and the flowers will not be without. They have all they need. God wants to meet our every need. So Isaac and Rebecca moved on. And they moved to a place south of where they were called Gerar. And it's kind of on the way to Egypt. And they thought to themselves, I think we'll go to Egypt. I think we might try Egypt. And that was their plan. That was his plan. Let's go to Egypt. Egypt's a place where there's lots and lots of provision, crops, hopefully no famine there. They must have heard. Probably not on the internet. Um, I don't know how they heard, but they thought, we'll go to Egypt. It's a good place to go. So they went to Gerar. But when they got to Gerar, God spoke to Isaac. And, you know, God said those great words, stay in the land and I will be with you and I will bless you. For to you and your descendants, I will give all these lands and will confirm the oath I swore to your father Abraham. I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and will give them all these lands. And through your offspring, all nations of the earth will be blessed. What if he'd gone on? What if he'd gone on? The obstacle that he had was no food, no, nothing to eat. And yet, where he was, in that obstacle, God met him. God met him. You know, we all need to survive. I think there's a um, point for that on the slide, probably. Ah, oh, whoops. Um, 
yeah, he had no idea what was ahead of him. Um, I don't think that's the right one, but never mind. There might be one before that. So um, being hungry made him motivated. And, you know, sometimes we've got unmet needs. And those unmet needs, like his was for food, motivate us to move to a new thing, motivate us to move on. But sometimes that unmet need is motivated by not just the need, but it's actually motivated by fear. I think Isaac was possibly thinking, I'll go to Egypt because I can see in my rational brain that this is going to be a really good idea. Egypt's going to be plentiful, there's going to be loads of crops. And so he went with that view. But God stopped him in his traps, trapped in his tracks. Um, God spoke and remembered the covenant that he'd said to his father Abraham. And this is the first time that we hear that Isaac hears of that promise that God spoke to his father about that was for all generations after Abraham. All generations, not just Abraham. And we had not heard about this before this. But Isaac could have missed it. Isaac could have missed what God had said. He might have gone, because of his fear of unmet needs, his need to eat, he may well have gone on and missed what God had said. And, you know, that's sometimes what we do. The fear takes over. I think if you boil a lot of things down, it all boils down to fear quite a lot. Sometimes when we try and overstep God or sidetrack where we're meant to be, often it's due to fear. We're afraid of maybe our needs not being met. And we're afraid of um, the future. And so we make plans based on our fear rather than on what God says. And, you know, we must must not make plans based on our fear. We need to make plans based on what God says. Amen? And then what happened to Isaac? He then um, had this issue in Gerar where he decided that he would cover up the fact that his wife was his wife. I mean, who'd do that? So he decided that he'd call his wife his sister. (laughs) I mean, I'd feel very insulted if if Robin did that to me. Uh, (laughs) But, okay, if you want to disown me, okay. So you don't think I'm your wife at the moment. I'm just your sister. Right. And then with all the sibling rivalry that people have with sisters, I'm not sure that that's that's something you want to be known as. But he did it. And why did he do that? Why did he do that? Again, fear. I actually think it was fear. And he was thinking, well, what if I die? They might kill me because she's a beautiful wife. I mean, at least he acknowledged that she was beautiful. Let's give him that. (laughs) She was a beautiful woman, and he, he had to admit that. And he was afraid that she would be taken by someone else. In those days, I mean, I don't know how it worked, but it was a different culture, and, and I think that was a big fear. So motivated by fear to move, motivated by fear to say that his wife was his sister and so that he wouldn't die. What if she died, though? I mean, yeah, it's horrible. Let's not think about what might have happened to her. Um, 
And then Abimelech now announced that there would be a penalty for anyone that took his wife and said, why did you do this, Isaac? Why did you do this? Why did you say that she was your sister? Look, we could have all brought shame and guilt upon us. So he wasn't really thinking the bigger picture, and nor was he thinking, I trust God. You know, he was sidetracking, and he was detouring on that obstacle. It was an obstacle. He didn't really trust in God. He didn't trust in God's provision and God's plan. And then I just want to bring out something else that he might have done. I think not only had he fear in his life, and he was afraid of unmet needs, afraid of dying, afraid of what might happen to his wife. Well, no, I don't think he was afraid of what happened to her. Uh, (laughs) He was more afraid about what happened to himself. Um, But he also... We remember in Abraham's story, Abraham did the same thing. You know, look back. Um, Abraham told, um, sorry, I have to go back quickly, um, that his wife was his sister. And I can't remember the exact chapter. Never mind. I'll find it later. So Abraham had done the same thing. Isaac may not have known this. Maybe he did know this. Maybe it was the talk of the table over dinner. Ha, ah, do you remember when? I pretended mum was my sister. (laughs) Do you remember when? Yeah, I did. I pretended your mum was my sister. Oh, if Isaac knew that, he probably thought, I'll never do that. (laughs) But here he is, bondage to old ties. Now, I wonder if there was a family generational thing. And you know, you've probably heard about generational sin, um, I really do believe that the Bible says that our sins can be remembered from generation to generation. And there's some research coming along in our neurobiology at the moment that talks about something called epigenetics. Has anyone heard of epigenetics? It's very interesting. And it's basically it's about how our genes can be modified and by things that happen to people in the past well, in, in their lives. And that then passes on in the gene pool to other people. And, you know, God knew all this because he created us. He designed us. He designed us with genetics. He designed our gene pool. He designed all of this. And I'm not saying that he designed all these bad things to carry on, but what, he's, what, what it's saying is that when we do things, when we commit acts of sin that don't glorify God, they kind of do affect us. And they don't just affect us, but they do affect the next generation. And it is true, and science is now saying it. Science is now believing it. Science is now backing this up. Really interesting how science does that, you know. Um, We have a good God. He knows exactly how we're made. And he wants us to live in his plan so that these things aren't tripping us up. These obstacles are not tripping us up. So you may be tripped up right now by bondage to old ties. And I think it's really interesting what um, Alicia and Marco um, brought this morning and Tony that really sort of picks up on this theme about bondage to old ties and being in bondage and breaking the chains. I just felt this morning as I was praying about this message that God wants to break chains of generational sin in our families, in our family lines. He wants to break these things. We don't need to be bound to the sins of our forefathers.
Bondage to old ties is not needed because God came. Jesus came, like we said, like we sang in that song. He's our living hope. Jesus Christ, our living hope. He went to the cross. He went to the cross so that we could have freedom from these bondages that are in our past, whatever they might be. And, you know, I thought about a few of what they might be. Some families have very obvious things in their past family generational line. Maybe it's like Isaac, it's lies, and there's a susceptibility in your family to cover up to lie. And maybe there's a generational sin for lustful or sexual things in your family, for alcohol or addiction type behaviors in your family. God wants to set you free from those things. Or maybe you don't, you're thinking to yourself, nothing like that has ever happened in my family. But you know, in my family, we have, uh, in great grandparents, in grandparents, alcohol addiction. And then in, in, uh, a lot of my family, there's, there's a lot of fear. And you know, fear is a huge one, like I said earlier. Fear binds us up. And we're all tempted to fear. When an obstacle comes, we think to ourselves, how can I fix that? I could fix that. I could move. I could tell a lie so that it covers up so that I'm safe. I could do this. What about God? What about can God do this? What can God do? In my family, it's small-mindedness. You can't go very far because, you know, if you go on a plane, you might it might, it might fall out the sky. Um, you might, you know, if, if you go somewhere to, uh, on holiday and you're not feeling very well, you might get ill and you might need the hospital while you're away and there might not be a very good hospital there. And all these kind of things were in my family. And, and gradually, gradually, I've broken free of those things. And I can't tell you how many times I've been on a plane. I can't tell you how many times you know, I've gone somewhere and just thought, well, I'm going to believe God if I'm feeling sick. And, and God has broken those chains in my family, in me. And, and it's been tough sometimes. Um, and if I'm not environmentally friendly going on planes, don't judge me. <laughs> but God has broken those chains. And, and, you know, we've got to break free of bondage to old ties. Um, I love the verse in Joshua 1.7, only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded. Do not turn to the right or to the left and you will prosper wherever you go. You know, we've got to keep our eyes focused. Keep our eyes focused on the promise. This series is about the promise. You know, we're focusing on the promise that God gave Isaac I will make your descendants numerous like the stars. I will give them you these lands through your offspring, all nations. All nations of the earth will be blessed. And you know, maybe you've got a promise or a plan or a prophecy um, or a dream that God's given you. And maybe these things are coming in your way. Maybe you've got fears of unmet needs. Maybe you're thinking, well, if I do that, if I follow that dream, if I follow that prophecy, if I follow that calling God's given me, if I follow that thing that God's asked me to do, I won't have my needs met. Or what if those things from my past, the bondages from my past, catch up with me? What if, what if, what if? Fear, 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 it takes over. 
You know, we're sons and daughters of the king and we can dream. Yeah. Who's got a dream that they haven't had fulfilled yet? Yeah. Who's got obstacles to meeting the dream or the calling that God has put on your life? Who's got obstacles? Yes, all of us. Every one of us has got an obstacle. The last three years I've been um, uh, feeling like there's quite a lot of obstacles um, uh, in my life and, and God's, I'm in a job, I've been in a job where it's been really tough and there's been days where I just didn't know how I would carry on to be quite honest and some of you know that. But um, last uh, October I really felt God said resign, I resigned. Ugh, it was hard. It was very hard. And there was things where, you know, there was, there was fears came up. What if, what if they think that I'm terrible for doing that? Because it's kind of very, it's a kind of job where you would stay for a long time. What if, uh, we don't have enough money. What if fear, again, all those things rooted in fear. But God made it very clear to me that you're to do that. We can easily be diverted from God's call because I believe that God's got a calling for me for something different right now, a different season of my life. And, and the Lord says, do not turn to the right or to the left. When he gives you that calling, how many temptations do we have? When the obstacles occur, we're thinking, I can't get past this obstacle here. It's too difficult. But God says, I will make your descendants. I will give you these lands through you, through your offspring, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. What if Isaac had given up? What if he'd gone to Egypt? What if he carried on with that lie about his wife? What if she had been, I don't know, I don't know what might have happened. What if he'd gone to Egypt? Now, Egypt actually represents often a place of um, bondage. Um, you know, later on, it was not till after this part, this passage in the Bible, that we know about Moses and the people of Israel leaving Egypt. But in the Bible, we know that Egypt represents a place of bondage. Not a good place to be enticed to, really. Not a good place. And God knew, God knew that this was not what he was meant to do. Isaac was meant to trust God. Isaac was meant to stay where he was in Gerar. And that what does he do? He then starts to make up another thing that's trying to get over what he thinks is another obstacle. Do you know it's not an obstacle to God? It's not an obstacle to God. What you're thinking about, what you're afraid of, is not an obstacle to God. I love these. There's some points on the screen there you can see um, about obstacles. Last. Uh, probably last June, before I resigned from my job, I'd felt this stirring and um, sense that God was moving things on. And I was challenged to listen to podcasts by, guess who again, one of my favorites, Graham Cook. And he said things about obstacles. If you've got, if you're hitting a barrier, what could it be? Could it be that you need to take authority over the enemy? You know, sometimes we hit a barrier or an obstacle. And sometimes with that obstacle, it's, because God is saying, look, I want you to come up to a new level of authority over the enemy. Maybe that obstacle is for you to say, I'm not having this. I declare who I am in Jesus. 
He's given me authority over this obstacle. I declare that I am a daughter of the king, a son of the king. I declare that I'm seated in heavenly places. I declare that God has given me victory. I declare that in him is no darkness. In him there is no fear. In love there is no fear. I declare that I fix my eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of my faith. I declare that this thing is not going to defeat me. And sometimes we need to get passionate about these things, that it's not going to defeat me. I have authority over the enemy. He has no power over me. Or maybe the obstacle is that we need to deal with old ties, just like Isaac had to do with his lie. Um, Maybe he had a bit of a lying habit, I don't know. But this came up from the family. We need to deal with old ties. I don't know what your old tie is, but maybe there's an old tie that you need to sever. Maybe it's a time for repentance. And there is that big word, repentance. The word repentance means, um, it, it does mean saying sorry, and it means turning away. It means turning, about turn, away from, saying no to. I will not do that. I renounce it. But there's a God who helps us to do that. And he's given us all authority and all power. And in him, it says that um, all the fullness of the Godhead dwells in that, in, in him, but also dwells in us. If we've asked him into our lives, he dwells in us. He ha- we have authority over that old tie. But maybe with that old tie, you might need someone to join with you. And later on, will be here on the prayer team and there'll be the opportunity for someone to join with you about those old ties because old ties can be dealt with. But sometimes the enemy likes to have a good go and and we need to join with others to help us to have victory over something in our past. Joining with others, really important. And then we also need to see that God is moving us Sometimes the obstacle is there to show us that God's moving us onto a whole new thing, a whole new level, a new passion or a new dream. And that's what God had showed me last year, that I'm moving you onto a whole new level, passion, dream. I've got something else for you. And maybe I'm not saying we should avoid things. And Isaac was clearly um, doing something good to move out of where he did live originally to get away from the famine. Um, what was not good was that he then wanted to go to Egypt, but God stopped him in his tracks. And sometimes we need to allow God to move us somewhere different. Sometimes it is right to go somewhere different. It's not avoidance of the obstacle. Sometimes it's God's calling, and he's saying, I'm moving you on now. I'm moving you on to a new thing, a new dream, to pursue the next phase of your dream. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church, passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.